0: What's up, guys? This is Patrick Madmore coming to you live with another episode of Madmore Stories on Podcasts right here from Santiago, Chile. Today's episode is an interesting one, particularly if you are a CEO, not just in, in a startup, but in any size company. I think this is going to be highly relevant for you. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of data Numbers and metrics, one of our favorite topics, and I know something that everybody's interested in. Even if you're not a CEO, you might be a COO, you might be head of finance, head of marketing, you might be an investor, whatever. Today's episode is really about metrics. And the reality is kind of, if you look at it, the world these days is just ruled by numbers, right? Everywhere you turn, it's about GDP, unemployment, profitability, sales, income, taxes, net profit, whatever right? Our society kind of like literally lives by, and seems to be defined by numbers. But, you know, the more I thought about this, given my experience working in tech and as a coach and having my own business and running and growing marketing teams, the more I asked myself, are we really looking at the right numbers? Think about it for a second. Are revenue costs, EBITDA, earnings per share, and all of these things, are they really the be all end all? And the reality is, They're not, you know, when I look at back at my own career and what I've seen over the past 20 plus years working both startups and large companies like Google and Pepsi, one of the things I've seen is I've seen a number of companies make serious mistakes or even outright fail as companies because on the surface, they seem to have great financial metrics, but really poor consumer and brand metrics. And nowhere has this been more obvious to me than in the last six months that I spent here in Chile since I arrived in October. For example, one of my clients, who of course shall remain nameless, uh, entered the U.S. market a couple of years ago, and you know they went into the U.S. market as many companies doing, saying, "Well, look, it's a huge market. There are a lot of consumers. There's a massive opportunity. And you know, if we capture as little as one percent market share in this market," You know, we could significantly increase the size of our business. Right. And you know, while that logic is true, particularly if you operate, you know, in a physical world where you have you know high fixed costs and you know assets that are being amortized, etc., there's definitely a strong case um, you know for, for that kind of thinking. But the reality is it really credible, right? And a lot of this boils back down to metrics because. If you're looking at just sales and revenue and profit, that's one thing. But, you know, you might be missing a lot of metrics, which could be telling you another side of the story that you're simply not seeing. Right. And so in this particular case, one of the things that this got company got wrong uh, was that essentially you can't just look at the success of your business from the point of view of revenue, sales and profits. I mean, yes, that tells you part of the story. But, you know, you also have to remember metrics specifically around what I always call the customer journey, right? Because if you think about it, revenue, profits, and everything else comes as a function of a very basic human action. And that action is the action of buying your product and service, right? But before somebody actually buys your product and service... Whether you're selling them a mobile phone, a can of Pepsi, a mobile game, whether you're selling a you know cloud-based you know human resource platform or another B2B product, before that person actually buys your product and service, you have to have established some sort of brand awareness or brand identity um, in the mind of that consumer. Right, that consumer goes through a process. Every time they think about spending their hard-earned money on a product, particularly if they are not familiar with your product or your brand or even the category that you operate in. So the way to think about this, and I want you to try and visualize four arrows from left to right. One arrow is sequentially behind the other. Okay. It forms a journey. The very left-hand arrow, the first arrow that you fire, if you want to think about it that way, is the arrow of awareness, right? Think about it. When you see an advertisement on TV for a movie, right, the first time, you typically see a teaser, right? You see like a 30-second teaser of a movie, you become aware of the fact that that movie is coming to the theaters, right? It kind of like piques your interest, Right. The second arrow is what we call in marketing consideration, right? So in the movie moviegoer's uh, point of view, that moviegoer, you know, he might have seen many different advertisements for other movies, right? But the ad that he saw for that teaser, the question is then, was that advertisement powerful enough or intriguing enough or interesting or entertaining enough that it actually enters into the consumer's consideration set? That means of all the possible movies that I could watch, that one teaser that I saw, I would actually consider going to uh, pay money to the theater to see that, that movie, right? The third one generally, and this doesn't apply for all products, but generally the third one is called trial, right? Now in the case of the movies, a trial doesn't really apply because you can't like try out the movie for 10 or 15 minutes, okay? The most that you can see is you might see a trailer, although maybe you might see a prequel or you might see something, uh, a previous episode of that movie. But in many cases, people want a trial, right? Think about it. When was the last time that you went out and you bought a car without driving it? You would probably not buy a car without trying it. When was the last time that you bought a, a bottle of wine without trying it? Right? Maybe you tried it at a restaurant, maybe you were at a friend's house and you had a sip a glass of that wine and you thought to yourself, hmm, this is actually pretty good, I like this experience, maybe I'll consider buying a bottle. In mobile games, why are so many games on the App Store or Google Play free to play? Well, because the developers want us to try these games before asking us to spend money on coins or gems or other power-ups that will improve our character, get us to the next level, or help us finish building our palace or our cannon or whatever. The basic premise here is that the easier the trial is and the less risk it represents to the client or the customer, the higher the the chance that this customer is actually gonna buy your product, which leads us to the final arrow, right? And that final arrow is essentially purchase or repeat purchase, right? So the journey, In any decision related to buying a product or service, whether you're talking about B2C or B2B, goes through awareness, consideration, trial, repeat. That is essentially the way the human mind works, right? So let's talk about each one of those, you know, in context, right? So we talked about awareness, right? And awareness kind of applies in any category. You know, if Joe walks into a Safeway and he usually buys Crest right? He's been buying Crest for 20 plus years, right? He's got a very high awareness of, of Crest. You know, obviously it's in his consideration set because he's always bought it. He's tried it obviously because he's used it. And generally he's at the other end of the of our spectrum where he's basically deciding whether he wants to continue to buy Crest in the future or not, right? Now, generally, unless Joe's had a really bad experience buying his Crest toothpaste, he's probably going to stick to the same product, right? And that's that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is because You know, as neuroscience would tell us, the average consumer these days has an attention span that's somewhere around three seconds, right? Which is uh, pretty pretty dismal, particularly when you consider um, that you know the average consideration, the the average awareness and attention span for a squirrel is eight seconds, right? So awareness is key, and. Getting to a place where you are actually making the consumer aware of your product, as we said earlier, that's the first step in the the consumer journey. So when we get back to our conversation from the beginning of this podcast around metrics, then the question essentially is, well, how do we measure awareness? How do you actually measure that? Well, awareness can be measured in a number of ways. One is through what's called a brand tracker. right? And a brand tracker is a periodic survey that you put out maybe once a month, once a quarter it really depends on your business, but the idea is essentially to measure the awareness of uh, a product, right? Now you can do that through a brand tracker. Uh, other people also do this through Google Analytics, where you can basically go onto the Google Analytics, um, into Google Analytics, and look at you know your metrics, and you can get an idea of you know how many uh, how many hits are you getting of of, of ads, right? The third way that you can look at this is through another website that Google owns called Google Trends, right? And Google Trends is an interesting website. You can basically, uh, you can visit that at trends.google.com. And what, you know, Google Trends allows you to do is put in the name of a brand or product and service, and it basically will tell you the number of mentions. And so, you know, obviously, the more mentions you have, the more awareness there is of your product or service. And lastly, there's another tool which you can also use, particularly which is particularly effective when it comes to social media. Is of course you can use tools like Social Bakers, right, which enables you to actively listen to mentions of your brand on social networks, and that gives you an idea of not only the number of people that are aware of you, but also how they're talking about you, right, what they're saying. So that's how you measure uh, brand awareness, right? And when you're thinking about that survey that we talked about earlier, there are really two key metrics that you want to look at when you're doing surveys to measure brand awareness. One metric is what we call unaided brand awareness. Unaided brand awareness is really simple. It's basically, I come up to you and I say, toothpaste, what brands come to mind? And you'll say, uh, Crest, Colgate, whatever. You'll mention a number of different brands to me, which you've maybe used in the past, or you've heard of, right? That's unaided brand awareness. Unaided brand awareness is obviously the most powerful because that means that it's really kind of what we call top of mind in a consumer's mindset. The other awareness that you wanna be measuring is called aided brand awareness. Now, aided brand awareness, as you've probably already figured out, is basically where you say, hey, which one of the following toothpastes have you heard of? And you list five, six, seven, or eight different brands and then the consumer will go and they'll check off which ones they've heard of, right? That's essentially how you can measure awareness But you, of course, need to measure awareness because that's the beginning of your marketing funnel. So the next step, of course, is after awareness, we have consideration, right? So once I've actually heard of your product, as we were talking about in the movie example, then the question is, does it actually enter the consumer's consideration set? Is this actually something that I would consider buying or renting or subscribing to? Right now, obviously, in Joe's case, you know, if he has a friend you know, that uh, is using a new particular kind of toothpaste and the friend is ranting and raving about how this toothpaste is so much better and it actually tastes good and his teeth are whiter or whatever, you know, then there's a higher chance that this product is gonna enter Joe's consideration set, right, likewise, thinking about the movie example, you know, if you're online and you see a whole bunch of your friends talking about a certain movie coming out on Facebook uh, or on Twitter or on Instagram, there's probably a higher chance that that movie will enter your consideration set, right? The key is might. Just because a product enters your consideration set does not mean the consumer is gonna buy it or rent it or even try it, right? It just means that they will consider it as one of their options, right? More importantly, the other thing that you have to keep in mind with a consideration set is that the consideration set doesn't necessarily even mean that the consumer really likes your product, right? Now, obviously, the higher the chance that they like your product and that they like your advertising, the higher chance that they'll really go out and try it, right? But let me give you a practical example of this. Like, I'm a burger fan. I've always liked burgers, even though for a while I quit eating meat for a number of years. Then when I moved to Chile, I started eating meat again. But, you know, when I was living in the States and I was a meat eater, I would just never, ever go to a Jack in the Box restaurant. Why? Because I absolutely hate their advertising. Like they have these ads with this really quirky looking guy who has like, you know, a very strange hat and a really, uh, this white enormous head with like two blue eyes and the smiley face. And he's just creepy and weird. And I never really liked these ads And because I didn't like the the ads and I didn't like the message. Jack in the Box just never entered my consideration set. Right? I, I was aware of them. I didn't really like them. I didn't really like their advertising. So I would probably rather starve than eat one of their burgers. Okay. Maybe that's like a little bit extreme. I probably would eat a burger if I was starving, but clearly these guys would not make it into my consideration set. So obviously how do you measure consideration? Well, you know, one way you can measure consideration is essentially to use the same survey that we were talking about when you're measuring brand awareness, right? So you can have a question in your survey that says, well, in the next couple of weeks or months, would you consider trying this product? Right. And then you'll get, you know, a yes, no, or answer, you know, maybe depending on how you structure the responses, you could even ask for a maybe. Um, another way that can, that, you know, brands will do this is, you know, digital marketers will also use clicks and click through rates, you know, to measure how many consumers are actually interested in their product or message. Right. And this is really interesting because essentially what you can do is you can run an ad campaign, and create a landing page for a product that hasn't even launched yet, just to see basically if people will click on the ad, right? which will tell you whether they're interested. And then of course, if they fill out the information on your landing page, then there's probably a genuine chance that your product or service will enter their consideration set, right? Now, of course, the challenge here is you don't necessarily know if the click is intentional, so maybe they click the ad by accident, But if they land on that landing page and they fill out their information, whether this is on mobile or on web, there's probably a pretty high chance that you've at least entered their consideration set and you're part of one of the products or services that they would consider for that particular product or service, right? Another way to look at consideration, if you're doing YouTube advertising, for example, one of the things that you can do is you can look at your completion rate. So, right, if you've been advertising on YouTube, you know that the longer the person stays watching your ad, Um, the higher the completion rate, as it's called, and probably the higher the degree of interest. If somebody watches through your entire 30-second ad or 60-second ad, that might be a pretty good indication that not only are they aware of your product, but they might even consider purchasing or trying your product in the future, right? So there's a number of ways for you to measure consideration. The third step, you know, in in our customer journey, as we talked about earlier, is trial, right? And, you know, as we talked about, You know, trial is important because you want to reduce the risk that's perceived by the customer in buying your product, and you want to remove any obstacles. You want to remove any doubt, which is why, for example, if you look at software as a service, um, if you've ever used, you know, certain products like Intuit or others, there's a number of um, software as a service-based products that will give you a free trial, right? One of the best examples that I use, which is a product I endorse, which I like, is HubSpot uh, for CRM and marketing. You know, HubSpot has a pretty decent solution which is free to use. And then of course, if you wanna upgrade, you know, to a number of the different products and services that they offer, you can then sign up and upgrade and pay for those, right? Um, But the the basic idea here is provide a risk-free way for the customer or the client to try your service or your product for free, which removes any doubt in their mind and removes any risk. And it's done in such a way that's painless. If you think about the consumer package goods business, for example, one of the things that we used to do at Pepsi is when we would launch a new soft drink, we would go around, you know, in supermarkets and other places and we would give away small samples uh, of the product in question so that people could try it. And then we'd say, hey, you know, you can just go down to aisle nine and you can buy a full bottle for yourself if you like the product. Trial is absolutely key because, of course, removing the risk, creating that like feel good experience gives the consumer an idea of what they're getting involved in and increases the chance that they will actually buy your product. Um, so how do you measure trial? This is probably a little bit less obvious than it would seem, and it really depends on your product and service. Um, for a mobile game, for example, you know the free download is the trial, right? The fact that so many games are free to play, that essentially removes any barrier for you to play the game, right? And so whether you're selling credits or in-game purchases, et cetera, that's kind of the way you do it. For software as a service, it's a lot more straightforward because essentially there you see the person sign up, you see them start to use your product. And then the question is, okay, how long did they actually use the product for? And can you upsell them to a paid version, right? But you'll know once the consumer signs up, you'll see the number of signups, you'll see them start to use the product. For physical uh, goods and services, you know what you can measure there is the sheer number of Pepsi cans, for example, that you gave away. That's the number of people who tried, right? But it's not always that obvious in terms of how you measure this. You can always, of course, run consumer surveys where you ask people if they have tried your product and service in the past, or you can run a survey where you include a digital coupon that they can redeem, you know, either on mobile or on web, right? So that they can uh, try that. And then you can see the redemption patterns, if you have a digital product, you can see the redemption patterns in your own logs. right? You can also, um, let's see, what else can you do? I'm trying to think here. Hmm. You can also ask people for immediate feedback right? once they've tried a product and service. right? Um, that's going to give you an idea of whether they tried it in the extent of the trial. The holy grail of everything, of course, is the very last arrow that we talk about. right? This is where people actually buy your product or better yet, they repeat Uh, a purchase, right? So if you actually read this and you get to this point, huge congratulations, you know, you just had like a monumental achievement. This is the promised land, right? This is where like the bells and whistles go off, la la la, you actually have entered the promised land of repeat purchase, you are now doing awesome. So why is repeat purchase so important? Well, repeat purchase is really where you, you know, get what I call brand love, right? Which should be the goal of any good marketer. So that could mean that, for example, you know, the person is buying more of your organic fluoride-free toothpaste at Walmart. You know, that could mean that they are basically purchasing more game credits for Clash of Clans or renewing their Netflix subscription, right? But repeat purchase is fundamental to any business for a number of reasons. First, repeat customers are simply cheaper to market to, right? Think about it, that person that goes and buys You know, fluoride for the 10th time, you don't, you no longer have to advertise to them as much, right? That person that renews their Netflix subscription, you're actually paying to acquire that user. The person that buys more, you know, in app credits for your mobile game, you're not, again, you're not having to pay the user acquisition cost, right? So repeat customers are cheaper to market to and therefore they bring you more business. Second, Oftentimes, repeat customers also bring you more business, right? And for that, you're really going to want to check out my post on Net Promoter Score. That's www.mattmork.com slash blog. I have a whole post on Net Promoter Score and why it's so important. But when somebody's happy with your product, what do they do? They go out and they tell 10 friends about how awesome you are, right? And that, of course, means that you're spending less money to acquire that new user, okay? So... Repeat customers also spend more, right? If you look at RJ Metric's blog, for example, you'll see that a repeat customer on average spends 300% more on your product than new customers, right? Which again is awesome. Fourth, repeat customers can be awesome marketing material, right? How many times have you seen either on YouTube or you've seen it on Facebook or you've seen you know on TV? some guy talking about how awesome his experience was with this brand or this car or this toothpaste, or, you know, these shirts that he bought or whatever repeat customers can make great marketing material, right? One of the things to keep in mind is that customers, especially this day and age, especially the millennials, they basically don't want to hear from you. They want to hear from your brand. They don't care about your advertising. They don't care what you're telling them. They actually want to hear from their friends or somebody that they know who's used your product and can validate the experience for them, right? So if you're able to capture those customer experience, create testimonials, whether it's blog posts, whether it's videos, whether it's, you know, Snapchat picks, whatever those make for great marketing materials, which increases the probability that you're going to get through all the noise that exists today. Right. So anyway, um, Financial metrics, you know, are always going to be hugely important. There's no doubt about that. And obviously businesses need to make revenue. They need to make make profit. They need to manage churn. They need to manage costs, right? But fundamentally, if you don't understand the consumer journey and you're not measuring each one of the steps that we talked about in that journey, your awareness, your consideration, your trial and your repeat, you're basically not tracking the right metrics, right? Once you understand how you're performing in your customer journey, you can fine tune your marketing and develop specific programs for each one of these different steps. So you can increase the likelihood of moving your customer down your funnel, right? Moving them from awareness to consideration, consideration to trial, trial to repeat and repeats where we get our brand love, right? Ultimately, I really hope from this podcast that you'll realize that once you've got happy repeat customers, Honestly, your financial metrics are going to take care of themselves, right? Assuming that you're careful about how you manage your costs. So, anyway, what are you waiting for, guys? Go out and focus on the right metrics. Again, I'm happy that you shared your time listening to this podcast. Um, Mad Mork signing off. Hopefully, you subscribe to this podcast. If you feel like making a little donation, go for it. You know, this is obviously something that I do for free. It takes time for me, but I'm happy to share. It all my knowledge with you guys, and I hope it's helpful. Um, make sure also that you follow me on the other channels. You can find me at facebook.com slash madmorkstories for a Facebook and some of my Facebook lives. You can also see uh, subscribe and check out my blog at madmork.com slash blog. The podcast you're already on, you're listening to that, so please subscribe. And you can also follow me on Instagram at madmork and Twitter at madmork. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you really put these metrics and this learning into practice. I hope you build a kick-ass business with a wonderful story. Good luck to you. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon.